0: As you guys are making your ways back back to your seat, uh, just really glad that you're here. Excited about the the opportunity we have today. We have a guest speaker. Um, We have uh, Pastor Scott Shaw, who's here, but he is our district superintendent. And so something that's really cool about the Nazarene Church is that We are a grassroots church, and so we have um, the local church. Uh, A lot of what we do comes here, but we are a part of something bigger. We are a part of a a denomination that is global. Um, So kind of in between the global and the local, there is the district, and the district's made up of a bunch of churches in our area, and uh, Pastor Scott... Oversees all of those and he is a pastor of pastors and a amazing uh encourager uh brian and wendy and i and uh were up at uh district uh pastors retreat and as we were up there um, we were just inspired and encouraged and and a great part of that is due to scott organizing all of that and so he travels around and and does that so Could we give him a big Emmett Naz welcome as he comes to share God's Word this morning? So, would you guys give him a warm welcome?
1: Hey, good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Uh, You know, I was uh, interacting with your pastor this week. I knew he was going out of town, Um, and so I'm blessed to be here. I really am blessed to be here. And I know your pastor is very happy today uh, because Mariners won yesterday. I can't help but mention that, Um, you know, quite the big comeback. And I'm surprised I didn't get a text from him affirming how wonderful his Mariners are. uh, Because I'm not a Mariner fan, but uh, that's a whole different story. Uh, But it is good to be here. Uh, I do... uh, uh, live and work as the district superintendent of the Intermountain District. And we have 50-plus churches scattered in eastern Oregon, uh, as far over as Burns and uh, Lagrand Enterprise. So we have all that territory. Um, and then all of southern, southern Idaho, our northernmost church is up in McCall, and easternmost church over in uh, Idaho Falls and Pocatello. And then I have a, a section in our district in Nevada. We have a church in Elko, Nevada that I oversee. And then we have about two-thirds of, of Utah. And some really exciting things happening in Utah. Very excited about what's happening. Some new churches being planted in Salt Lake. Um, so when I say 50 plus, there's, there's uh, a message behind that. Because the plus is that new churches are developing all the time, which is really exciting. Um, Yeah. So if you were in Salt Lake today, you could go to a brand new church. Uh, You go to a Samoan church. You could be a part of potentially a a Hispanic church that's developing across our district. You could be today worshiping with some Congolese folks from Africa. Uh, You know, you think Idaho and this region of the world, but we're in the melting pot of, of all God's doing. And what's really great is that these um, these churches from that are emerging, uh, oftentimes uh, from folks from around the world, are really bringing renewed energy and and uh, vitality to the church. And we're really excited about that. Um, what I want to talk to you about today is a verse of scripture that that has really been speaking into my life. Do you ever have those moments in your life when you're reading through the scripture? And you come across a verse, and it just kind of jumps off the page at you. And uh, and you read it, and you say, I've known that verse for a very, very long time. But it's a verse that just, oh man, uh, the message of Jesus uh, just kind of speaks into your heart and calls you, really invites you in, in, into the life that God has for you. I was reading in uh, in my devotional reading this week some words from First Thessalonians where Paul talks about how uh, when he came to the people, he said, we came to you not merely with words but with power. And don't you want to experience that in your life? Don't you want to experience that when, when your life is lived in the world today, it's not just words. Yeah, I think people are kind of tired of words. You know? Uh, kind of sound like Charlie Brown's teacher, right? Uh, what they want to see is they want to see the real expression of the power of God. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Because um, the gospel writer John, so if you have your Bible open, and and if you don't have a Bible, I think there's a pew Bible there in front of you. Uh, and, and we're going to look at page one. Uh, excuse me, page eight hundred and sixty. If you need a Bible, there's one from you. Page eight hundred and sixty uh, from the Gospel of John. Hope you brought your Bible. Um, but but the dynamic of this of this scripture today is just amazing. Uh, do you know anything about the gospel writer John? The gospel writer John, when he writes this this uh, gospel, this story that he's going to write, uh, I get the feeling that uh, he with very trembling hand uh, begins to to paint a picture as if if he's painting a grand mural. Um, you, You know, you just get the feeling that If you get too close to the picture, you don't see it all. You kind of have to stand back in the grand way that John paints the picture. Well, let me give you an example. In the first verse of of the Gospel of John, what does John say? John says, in the beginning was the Word. I mean, that's a grand statement, right? I mean, if you were a Jewish person living in the world and you heard or read John's words, uh, you would immediately be, uh, be turned back to the miracle of creation, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This grand picture, right? It, it's as if John is saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a story here. I want you to be reminded of a story that reached all the way back into creation, in the moment that God created the world. That kind of grand story. Well, that's what a Jew would be thinking. You, you, you know, if you were a Greek or a non-Jew, um, you'd be drawn to another word in the verse, for it says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word. Huh. Um, you, you know that word, Word? It's the word in in the uh, Greek language called logos, which means um, everything that God created and all those things that hold the world together. You know, this great, in in their mind and thought, the great life force, this great uh, unifying uh, factor, power that that just holds everything, all things created. It just holds it together and makes it function. So the world doesn't spin off its axis, right? The Word. And here's John. He's saying to these good folks, he said, in the beginning was the Word. Now, that's not the verse that I'm drawn to today, but it introduces the verse I'm drawn to. For if you continue to read down in the Scripture, and why don't you stand with me for a moment, because we're going to honor the Word. Um, As John begins and continues to tell this story, this amazing story, we get down to verse number 14. And here's what he writes. He writes the Word. Okay, understand the connection. In the beginning was the Word. This grand life force that holds everything together. And the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And we have seen His glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace, and truth. Wow. Well, the word of God today for the people of God, we respond, thanks be to God. You can be seated today. Do you see what's happening in the Scripture today? What's happening in the Scripture is that John has set forth a premise. In the beginning was the Word. This life force that goes back to creation. This power that holds everything together. But, but John is not comfortable at all. He's not comfortable at all just leaving it as some grand theory. He's not comfortable at all just leaving it as some, oh, mysterious power that somehow we encounter as we live in the world. No. John, I I, I really do believe it. I really do believe that when he sat to pin these words, his arm trembled because he began to realize that the word became flesh. (laughs) The incarnation where God comes to the earth in the form of this baby Jesus And made his dwelling among us. Isn't that incredible? It, isn't it incredible that the one who created it all, the one who holds everything together, the one who is the power above all powers, came and took on human flesh, skin, and lived among us? Or as uh, Eugene Peterson says in the message, took up residence in our neighborhood. (laughs) It's a powerful thought. And here's the thing that really amazes John. (laughs) Because if you read the verse, he goes on to say, and we have seen his glory. Wow. You amazed by that? I mean, John is saying to these good folks and saying to us when he writes these words, we witnessed, we witnessed the word with our very eyes. We saw the glory of God. Now, you think about the glory of God. I mean, you think about how in the Old Testament there were those who wanted to see the glory of God. They, they, they want to encounter the glory of God. But they were so afraid, right? They were so afraid because to encounter the glory of God was to die. We just looked upon the glory of God. I mean, you think about the story of Moses. You remember that story, right? Uh, he encountered the glory of God and he had to wear a veil because his face just shone with the radiance and a brightness because he encountered the glory of God it was so kind of an otherly kind of thing you know what I mean when I say that it was so rare it was so oh man it was just so holy it was just so out of touch from the normal human being but John breaks down all those barriers and he says the word Jesus became flesh. He dwelt among us. He lived in our neighborhood. John's saying, I walked with him for three years. We, we went to various places, and, and I saw personally with my own eyes, I saw his glory. The glory of the one and only Son. You know what the word "glory" really represents and means? The glory represents and means the nature and character of God. The very nature and character of God, that's the glory of God, His glory. So all the attributes that are in uh, known in, in, in God. You know, his love, his peace, his uh, compassion. I mean, all these attributes are reflected in his glory. The nature, the character of God. And what John is saying in these words is, we saw all of that. We witnessed it with our own eyes. As we walked with Jesus. Are you amazed? I hope so. Boy, there's some really good truth coming. So get amazed, okay? Just kind of sit there a minute and just be amazed. Because I'm going down a path that's really amazing. So hang in with, there with me, okay? No, notice the glory of God. As seen in the person of Jesus. For John says the word became flesh. He made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son. Who came from the father. Full of. What are the words? Grace and truth. Grace. And truth. Okay. So what's truth? Truth is the way that God, in in His wisdom and sovereignty, drops a plumb line into the world. Right? How many are builders here? Any of you builders? Got any builders in the house? Anyone ever built anything here? Let's go that direction. Okay. Has anyone built anything that was straight? That's a whole nother question, right? This is where I'm totally disqualified. Um, but but you know, th- there's a line that you drop, it's a plumb line, and, it, and it's the way that a builder establishes what is straight. Okay? We need straight walls, because straight walls stand up better than crooked walls. So, you drop a plumb line. Well, that's what God has done. God has dropped a plumb line. We call it God's truth. Because the truth of God, if you live according to the truth of God, the righteousness of God, your life will hold up better than if you you don't. Okay? So, here's the truth of God. But notice something. Notice that John, in these words says that when Jesus, the word came, he he came from the Father full of grace and truth. See, truth has everything to do with God's righteousness. Anyone here this morning uh, that all your life, your life has been characterized purely by righteousness? Don't raise your hand i don't qualify you don't qualify what's the scripture say all of sin and fall short of the glory of god right all of our lives are characterized by the fact that somehow we've missed the mark our life has not been lived according to the plumb line that has been established by god and and if jesus had just come into the world filled with truth We'd all be in a heap of trouble. But he didn't. He came with grace and truth. Aren't you glad? This wonderful balance of grace and truth. This wonderful awareness that, oh boy, I haven't lived according to the truth of God. But through the death and resurrection of Jesus, His grace is applied and poured out upon my life. And I can live as His son or His daughter. You you, you know in the world, if you just live according to uh, truth, you become a legalist. Right? Anyone know any legalists in the world today? There's lots of them. All they want is truth, true, true, true truth. Dangerous place to live. But you know, if you just live with grace, huh, then anything goes. Anything goes. And so we need this wonderful blend, two sides of the same coin. We need the beauty of Jesus who comes into the world full of grace, and truth. Now I've got to tell you today, in the world I'm living in right now, and and I live a few miles from you, so uh, my world's probably a whole lot different than your world. But in the world where I live, we have a great need in the world for people to live with grace and truth. Because the truth people are trying to beat up the grace people. And the grace people are trying to beat up the truth people. And they're hollering at each other like crazy. And what we need is the presence of a person like Jesus who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Amen? Okay. All right, now i am got to show you something really exciting. Are you ready? Are you at the edge of your seat this morning? This is an incredible verse, isn't it? The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen with our own eyes his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. The beauty of Jesus. Are you amazed by him? You know, this is what makes Jesus so beautiful. The power of Jesus. The the. the The divinity of Jesus is wrapped up in these words, but his humanity is wrapped up in these words. You just see the beauty of Jesus. You cannot read this verse and not just be drawn to the greatness and the power of Jesus. That's why we sing, oh, how I love Jesus, right? Okay, but i got to show you something. So, um, back here in John 17... <laughs> Turn with me there, if you would. And if you're using one of these Bibles, uh, you can find it on page 878. Ah, I got to tell you this amazing story. Because Jesus lives this life among his people, he rubs shoulders with people like John. And as he gets toward the end of his ministry, on Earth, and prepares um, to return to Heaven and face all that would happen in the in his death and crucifixion and all of that. In John 17, we find this amazing prayer um, of Jesus. You, you you'll notice that the prayer um, begins in John chapter 17. As Jesus just talks with the Father. And and, and in verse number four, he says, I have brought you glory. This is on page 877, if you're following along. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. You see that word? There's that word glory again. And when Jesus is praying here to the Father, he's saying, oh, I've tried to live on this earth as a, as a living example of your nature and character. <laughs> and help me in all ways as I return to you to be a pure reflection of that to the world. Isn't that incredible? All right, but get ready. Because as we work our way down the uh, the prayer, Jesus at verse 20 begins to pray for his, uh, all believers, people like us. And he says this, uh, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through this message. That's people like us. That all of them may be one father, just as you are in me and I'm in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Verse
0: 22.
1: I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them, you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Hold on a minute. Did you hear what Jesus prayed? You understand what Jesus prayed in this prayer? Let me read it for you again. I, verse 22, I have given them the glory that you gave me. Okay, why did Jesus live? On the earth? Why did he come? Why did he live among us? Why did he take human flesh? Why did he die for our sin? Why was he raised to life? Why did he send the Holy Spirit, who in John chapter 14 he tells us will teach us all things and remind us of everything that he told us? Why? Because he wanted us to know today in at Idaho. That the same glory that the Father gave to him when he came to this earth is the glory he wants now to fill your life. You believe it? See, I don't believe that God wants us to live in this world and people to see. And hear about Him merely through our words. I believe that He fills us with His Spirit. You know that we can live into His power. And what's that power look like? Well, according to Jesus, that power looks like you, people like you and me, becoming the actual reflection, the very reflection the nature and character of God. You know what we call that? Holiness. We, we, we understand that God, by his spirit, wants to do such an amazing work within us. Okay? That he cleanses us up of ourself and he fills us with his spirit. So that when people look at you or they look at me, they say something like they said to the disciples. Man, those folks have been with Jesus. Isn't that incredible? I mean, this is the plan of God. I I, I mean, we can... uh, we can talk a lot about, you know, what's needed in the world today. Uh, I'm just here to tell you what the world needs most is a whole bunch of people like you and me filled with the glory of God, reflecting the glory of God so that we walk into the world and what, how do we live we live as people filled with the very grace and truth that was in Jesus. How's God going to make a difference in our world? He's going to fill people with His Spirit. He, he, he's going to empower people to, uh, to live with jo- love, joy, and peace. And patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Because what do those things do? They reflect the glory of God. I, I, I pastored, uh, oh man, I pastored a church in Bremerton, Washington for, uh, for 23 years. I was there a long time. Um, I like to joke that uh, I, I was in a Navy town. How many of you ever been to Bremerton, Washington? Anyone ever been to Bremerton, Washington? It's a Navy town. It's a beautiful place. Uh, man, I love living there. But it's a Navy town, so I used to joke and tell people that, uh, that I had Navy families, and they left every three years, so I didn't have to. And so I just stayed for a very long time. And that was kind of surprising, because some of them would return to Bremerton, and They'd come to church and they, they, I don't know how to take the statement when they would say to me, you're still here? And I would be like, yeah, I'm still here. Um, but, but, but I had a, I had a woman in my, in my church who was a saint. Her name is Pearl Dotson. She lived to be, a, I think, 102 years old. She was incredible. people just wanted to be around Pearl. They wanted her wisdom. They wanted Pearl to pray for them. Why? Because she reflected the glory of God. Her life had been transformed. In fact, her life was transformed in a farm, out in a field in a farm in Cuna, Idaho. I can't drive through Cuna, Idaho without thinking of Pearl. Because there was a moment in time when Pearl was struggling in her faith and she went out into this field. And she said she just prayed a desperate prayer. A prayer that said, Oh God, just like we were singing today, I need more of you. Less of me, more than you. You must increase, I must decrease. And she gave all of her life to God. All of her life to God. And he filled her with his spirit. (laughs) And her life was transformed. And I can say to you, For 23 years, I watched. And I can just tell, here's a woman who's been with Jesus. (laughs) You you, you know, my wife, uh, someone asked where my wife is today. Um, My wife is in North Carolina. Uh, My son-in-law is in the United States Army, and he's stationed at Fort Bragg. And so for some reason, he had to take my two grandkids and move all the way to North Carolina. Not happy about it. It's a long way. But my wife's there today. Um, my wife and I have been married for 42 years. Uh, if you were to see my wife, you would, you would think, man, I married her when, what, she was 15 years old or something. I don't know. Um, but we've been married a long time. Um, in those 42 years, I, I have to tell you that there's been times in our marriage where we haven't seen things eye to eye. Now, no one at that point in time is supposed to say amen in the church service today. There have been times when we've had disagreements. There have been times when, you know, as we were working with stuff... It's been hard forty two years. you know sometimes uh I don't understand all the things that she's thinking. now that's a point at which men you're supposed to say men, okay, and there are times when she doesn't understand all I'm thinking, and we can have disagreements, right. You know what's kept us together for 42 years? We built our relationship upon the beauty of grace and truth. And the beauty is that Jesus, we, we, we seek to have our lives filled with the spirit of Jesus because we want to reflect to each other the glory of God. That's the key to making a great marriage. Learning how to live with grace and truth. I could go down any other areas of life today. Any of you trying to parent in today's world? What's the key to being a great parent? Be filled with the glory of God. So that your kids somehow see the presence of Jesus in you and live with them, expressing both grace and truth. Wow. Make all the difference. And you see, I'm just here to tell you that this is what the Spirit of God wants to do in us as we live in the world. Holy Spirit, teach us, fill us with your Spirit, that we can reflect your glory. Teach just how to live with each other in the world today with grace and truth. The way that happens is if we surrender our life to God and say, Holy Spirit, come. Stand with me, would you, this morning? I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey today, but my hope is in some way you've seen the beauty of Jesus this morning and you are drawn to him. And your heart cries like my heart cry that says, Oh God, if somehow my life can reflect the glory of Jesus, May it be so. If somehow my life can reflect the glory of Jesus, the grace and truth of Jesus, may it be so. I surrender my life. Teach me by your Spirit. I want to be moldable to you. Teach me and empower me by your Spirit. Lord, I thank you for these good folks in Emmett today. And my great prayer today is that their hearts would be so open to your Spirit and hungry for your Spirit. If they're holding on to anything this morning that keeps them from a full surrender to you, I pray they just let it go even now. I pray, God, that you would come in your power and fill their lives so that this week as they walk in this town, someone would look at them and say, man, I just sense that person has been with Jesus this week as they make decisions, as they work with people, may their lives reflect both your grace and truth. Lord, this is your plan. So enable us now to live into it by the working of your Spirit within us. We can't do it alone. We need your Spirit. So come, Lord Jesus, come. It's in your great name we pray these things. Amen. As you go, let me give you this blessing as a benediction. You've been called as the people of God. You have been called as the people of God to be filled this week with the Spirit of God and reflect the very Glory that was found in Christ. Be amazed. May you go this week living as examples of both his grace and his truth. Have a wonderful week. Amen.